You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with the property management coach and industry influence of the year, Kirk Stafford and guests. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, an Australian first platform delivering the total property care solution to help property managers provide a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and to save them processing time on this maintenance. In Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and a digital signature platform to provide all your property documentation in one place, giving you a seamless approach to the way you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stafford. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us in another of the episodes of Influential Conversations. And today, it is my very great pleasure to introduce my guest. And this is a guy I've never seen without a smile on his face, Jamie Lampard, Operations Manager for Ballarat Real Estate and their subsidiary offices in Bendigo, Ararat, and Maryborough. I think I've got that right. There's the four offices, Jamie. Spot on. No, yeah. very good. Oh, thank you. Um, you've got it, mate. You, you've got a hell of a CV. I've got to tell you. I mean, you, you, you've you've been with the one company for sixteen years. You got your your degree in in property and real estate, and I think you graduated with distinction in that, didn't you? I did many yeah. years ago. Yeah, seems a yeah. Uh, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, look, between the, the 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 four offices, you're now responsible for a team of seventy people. About a third of them are property management. You've got yep. two and a half odd thousand properties and still growing under management. And, and you and I obviously share the same affliction or addiction or whatever you want to call it. We're snow skiers. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I do like getting up to the uh, to the snow when uh, when it does fall from the sky. So yeah. it's well, um, yeah. it's a good it's a good passion to be able to, to um, have a break away from the, the race of real estate and general life. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Jamie, thank you so very very much for your time. Welcome to the show. Tell us more about you. Tell for a start, how did you get into real estate? But particularly, how did you end up in property management? Yeah, great question. Uh, firstly, thanks for having me on today. It's, it's great to to be able to share some insights to the wider property management industry. It's a it's a career that I really love and I I enjoy um, quite passionately. So I suppose why and how did I get into real estate? So my mum and dad were very much into um, buying and selling property. When I was in year 12 at school, I had to go do some work experience and my parents had used Ron Morrison at Ballarat Real Estate to transact in a number of different properties. And I thought, I'm really not sure what I want to do when I finish my degree. I was thinking maybe real estate, um, being a property valuer or going out and being a building inspector. One time I thought I'd be a veterinarian. And I reached out to um, to Ron, um, who's the company principal here at BRE, and said, hey, my mum and dad have sold a couple of properties with you. Do you mind if I come and do work experience? So I did work experience here in the property management team for about a week. And then shortly after that, Ron rang and said, hey, do you want to come and work on a weekend in reception? We're open seven days a week. And I was manning the front desk uh, every Sunday, uh, finished school and then went on and did a uh, degree in property 
down in Melbourne. And that's how my career in real estate sort of just fell into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think a lot of people, um, I think a majority of my guests have, have said that it wasn't really an industry they chose. It was an industry that chose them in that what you just said, that you almost fell into it. Yeah, so totally. I started off looking for something just to, to fill in some time. Uh, and and I, remember, I was I was told about this many many years ago. I won't say how many. By <laughs> one of the people I first studied, first started studying uh, valuations with at, at RMIT. They I'm giving my age away. Uh, who said to me at the time, said, "Look, it, real estate's you know like a drug. Once you get it into your system, once you've been in it for a little while, you know you you might think you can leave, but you actually can't. You'll always yeah. be called back to it. It will bring you back in somehow. Totally." Totally. So, yeah. And that's so why I, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was saying uh, that's exactly what I went on to uni. So when I joined to become a property valuer, um, mm-hmm. did my three-year degree in uh, in property valuations, and then I was working at Ballarat Real Estate during that time. And there was times actually during my degree I thought, you know what, I don't actually want to be a property valuer anymore. I actually love working in agency. And I really loved the team at Ballarat Real Estate and was really intrigued by what the property managers did. I was just the weekend receptionist and taking phone calls from tenants with leaking toilets and after-hours emergencies um, for the for the PMs on a weekend. And I really got the, the thrill and enjoyment out of being thrown a challenge and then having to solve that challenge and then having those connections with people over time. And, and these things don't happen so much nowadays, but back when I started, you know, 16 years ago, tenants would come in, renters, I should say, if you're listening, Victoria, <laughs> is, is they, would, yeah. they would come in and they would be paying their rent over the counter each week. Mm-hmm. And I can still remember back then we were, you know, doing the $50 key deposit where people would come in and, and take the yeah. keys out and inspect the rental property. Um and having those connections with people at a very simple level um, just sparked my interest for building long-term relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, look, I, and my my experience when I first cut my teeth, and it was exactly the same. They 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 walk in the door with cash. Yeah. yeah that was it. I, mean, we, I, I remember bringing in, and this goes back a while to bringing the first BPay method into the the, the rent roll I was running. And I had people objecting to it because they were afraid we were going to steal their money from their bank accounts. <laughs> there, was still that, there was still that fear that we could actually get into the account. It wasn't until you actually showed them, no, there's a code on there that is yours only. We don't know what, what your bank account details are. Yeah. So I, I remember those days. And I also remember that, you know, the, well, let's not go too far back, but we remember Kalamazoo and ledger cards and those sorts of things. But on a Saturday, it was really interesting. I don't know whether you found this, but on Saturdays I used to see people standing outside the agency door, outside the window, almost trying to think of what it was they wanted to ask for this time in terms of maintenance. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it was almost that, that exchange thing. It was it was very a very transactional business at that stage. And I think we've evolved from there into to where we are now that's much more relationship-based rather than transaction-based. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So... Six years in PM. Yep. Just just trace out your career from there because I mean that that's you know there's there's still a fair fair bit of time in there. Um, if you look at the the amount of time you've been in the business, you must have and you've stayed with Ballarat Real Estate all that time. 
I have. I have so indeed. Why yeah. Part of the family or part of the furniture I often get referred to actually. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what I – so I finished my finished um, up at Deakin in my, doing my property degree and uh, started off as an assistant property manager. So mm-hmm. I was just working alongside four property managers at the time uh, doing just general administrative tasks. One of the PMs then relocated um, over to South Australia and I took on her portfolio and I remember taking on her portfolio and I thought, my God, I've got the biggest shoes to fill because she was like a superstar property manager, had been with us for so long, every landlord loved her uh, and here's me coming in as a you know a 20-year-old, fresh-faced individual taking on a, a portfolio that was looked after by a woman 50 years, ages on top of me. Uh, and I love it. She might be listening to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> she might be. Um, and that's how I sort of t- I, I took on her uh, took on her portfolio, mm-hmm. um, which quite quickly became my portfolio. And then I sort of just progressed into. Um, other aspects in the business, taking on new business. I really love the thrill of taking on new clients and really explaining the investment side of things um, by by diversifying portfolios or adding to people's existing um, portfolio structures. And then having a degree in in property, it sort of led me a bit into the commercial property management space. Mm -hmm. I did that for, um, for about 12 or so months, um, sort of full-time, and then went back into the residential team and then managed the property management team itself. And then we grew it into another office in Maryborough, grew to another office over in uh, Ararat, and then a couple of years ago we then grew into and bought a portfolio over in Bendigo as well. So I suppose my role as back then would have been a property management team leader or head of department whereas now operations manager, we sort of have our, our business not broken into two sections, but uh, my core pillar is in property management and driving that particular team. Yep. Uh, and naturally, I've got a really good bunch of people that work around me um, that work on the day-to-day aspects of running the department um, and nurturing new members into the, into the department. Because as I was saying off camera earlier, every one of our property management team members have all joined our team with no experience in real estate whatsoever. So completely green, uh, completely fresh, um, mm-hmm. but we absolutely love it that way. Yep. Well, you get, and, and, and you're right. We had a bit of a chat before we came on here and, and we were talking about that as, as one of the aspects. You can then, then get the opportunity to, to have them craft their skills within the framework of the company and they're at your standard and, and within your expectations rather than, and we've all seen it in, when when uh, different people are coming to different offices, it's always been a case there's this comparison about, between the old and the new. Yeah. And sometimes letting go of those old habits can be can be a challenge for some people. That's 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 one of the things that, that very much come to mind. The, the oh. attitude to me is, is is the big thing, that, that mindset mm. of just mm. wanting to get in and learn I guess be of service as much as they can to the people that they're they're, they're dealing with is is the key yeah. to anyone who wants to be successful in this uh, in this industry. 
So tell me, what are the, I guess, what are the, what are the, the, the high points for you or the, the, the joy points, I guess, for you in the, in the industry? And where are the bits? Where do you see the challenges? Yeah, great question. I suppose one of the, um, one of the, the key aspects in terms of one of the high points would definitely be um, probably being taken on as an associate director in the business, um, mm. and that happened a couple of years ago. And people often will say to me, oh, why do you think that happened or how do you think that happened and, you know, how can I do that? I've always had the mentality of when I was an employee of the business um, is I've always treated it as though it was my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the, had the idea that if I was the business owner, is this the right way of doing things and just being really supportive of the people around you yep. because I feel like it's really – in today's day and age, and, and no doubt it's, it's been this way for so long, um, treating people the way you want to be treated is such a simple idea and philosophy, but it's so easy for people to forget. And, you know, to, to be able to come into work and be amongst a team of people that generally are, you know, happy, want to be in the environment and just around passionate, positive, happy people just creates that environment that you either have to be part of it. Um, if you're not part of it, you, you're going to be left behind, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm careful what you're saying entirely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it's also, you know, and, and you've, got to, you've got to bring that same vibe into work that, that's around you. You can't be the, the, the eel of the, of the business, so to speak, because that, that tends to reflect onto everybody else around you. So, and that's, this is where I think we all play a part in this word culture. Even though culture really is set by the, the, the management around, around us and above us, everyone's mm. responsible for its maintenance and everybody's responsible for contributing to it in some way. Totally, totally. So what have, and, you, and what have you seen is that, sorry, yep. I was going to say, and, and by having a team of, of, of fresh talent, um, it creates what I see is really good consistency uh, because everything is done exactly the same way because they've all been taught the same way. So their interactions with our clients, with our owners, with our renters, with our tradespeople is generally, you know, 90% of the time done. The conversations are the same. The the communication points are all the same. And that consistency builds trust Mm -hmm. with our clients. And that trust just creates and an environment where people just know, understand how we do things, irrespective of who may be on the phone or writing that email, um, which then just makes the the workload um, more enjoyable because you've got that mm-hmm. trust with our clients as opposed to what can happen is, oh, but Susie did it different last month. Why are you doing it this way? Yep. Um, just simple, very simple kind of aspect. But gotcha. But it, it enables everybody to stay in flow. Yeah, really. It just so that if, if everyone's singing from the same song sheet, you know, you, you, there's there's no margin for people to sort of you know try to embellish it a little bit and put their own little touches into it. This is this is the whole thing. This is where process and procedure, I think, is is so very very important. Totally. You've got to have it this way. I mean, if you look at all the major successful companies in the world, I'm going to use probably. Uh, um, well, I'm going to sort of hark back to Ashley Goodchild and, and her love for cheeseburgers here. 
Um, if you get, and actually it was my first guest, the first ever guest on this series. If, if you go into a fast food outlet, any one of the major franchises, you'll find yeah. that they all make their cheeseburger or whatever it is, they make it exactly the same way. Yep. doesn't matter whether it's in Perth or Ballarat or Brisbane or Baton Rouge, it's all done exactly the same way. And that's the same as what you're saying, that everybody is consistent. They've got the the, the flow of it is this mm-hmm. is our way. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and having such a big team as well, you just have to have those structures and processes and systems but also constantly refine those procedures um, and we do that on a weekly basis in our property management meetings to look at, right, how do we do this particular process, regroup, retrain on that, irrespective if you've heard the, the, the same process 10 times over, is there a way that we can make this better but make it better for the client experience? Because ultimately that's what it all is. It's not about if it's easy for us, that's that's great. It makes our jobs easier. But ultimately, we want to make sure that the end user, whether that be mm-hmm. owner, renter, trades, anyone that we're dealing with, does this lead to an enhanced experience, mm-hmm. uh, which is then going to create more brand loyalty for us. That's right. Is it what the client wants? Yeah. Really, that's what it comes down to. And, and that's, that's, that's the way I think all of us would, would want to operate. And I think the majority of us try to get to that point. Sometimes we just we, we, we just we look for the way that's going to be simpler for us. And that may not be mm. what's best for the client. It may not be what the client actually wants to have delivered. It's just exactly. that this is what we've got. You know, this is this is our policy almost. Mm. So therefore it's it's a it's really, you know, sort of fit in or suck it up. Which is yeah. which which is not the right attitude to have because we are a, 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 a relationship business. And we've, we need to be very client-centric and client-focused in terms of what our outcomes are and what our deliverables are. Exactly. So what have you found the the real challenges to be? I mean, I think we, we all face a similar challenge in that we're dealing with people. Yeah. But where have you found, where have you found the friction points in the, uh, in, in, in the business and, and also within PM? I think one of the biggest challenges uh, that I've seen over my time is um, expectations and demands. Mm-hmm clients um, wanting information faster and wanting it done yesterday. And if you ask people, you know, how was your day, a typical response is probably going to be, I've had a busy day. But to me, is it a busy day? Because busy implies there that um, you've had more things on the go today than you would do normally, or is the word busy just what it is every day. So you've just had a normal day's work. Mm. Um, so I think that the expectations and um, and the demands of clients is the biggest factor that I've seen. Um, and when there's problems that occur, um, people taking ownership of those problems and making it their own problem is the biggest thing that I see property managers do. So... For example, a couple of weeks ago, we had a client who had a hot water service burst. They then had a flood in the property and then um, there was an issue with the, um, the the gas heater and the property manager thought, oh, my God, this landlord's going to, you know, kill me because <laughs> they're spending so much money. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we don't own the house. 
that client has bought that property as an investment. There is a level mm-hmm. of risk in property ownership. Our job is to just simply obtain the information, provide that information to an owner, provide our advice, mm-hmm. and the client at the end of the day make that final decision. We shouldn't be, in my view, taking on a problem or taking ownership of a problem because if you look at every other kind of profession, like, you know, for example, doctors, doctors can't take on the fact that all of their clients have got medical issues because they would just be exhausted at the end of the day, right? More or more exhausted than, than they, they already <laughs> probably are. But the point I'm trying to make here is that at the end of the day, we're, we're just the conduit between an owner and renter, right? So shit's going to hit the fan, pardon the expression. So when those situations do occur, I'd just like to be on the front foot, provide that information up front to the owner. And I use an expression from time to time when, it, when there's going to be a difficult conversation on the phone. I'll say, hey, Kirk, I've got some information for you. I can either sugarcoat it or I can give it to your raw. Which way do you want it? I'd, I'd take the raw version. Thank you, mate. And, <laughs> it's just it's, it's so much easier. What, but that is... And that's what landlords want. Landlords mm. just want to be told what the information is. And just the, the, the simple opening dialogue of that just allows the conversation to not have to try and dance around what could be an uncomfortable or awkward conversation. You've opened it up. You've asked the client, how do you want it? They've said, hit me up. Mm-hmm. Then you can deliver what is the bad news. But don't take, but don't feel like it's it's not your money. It's, it's not yeah. It, it, it's right. And it's also not it, – it's our problem to resolve, but it's not our problem to own. And this is – this is you're, you're absolutely right because I think we all get caught up in this – like, you know, you have a, a problem, uh, a property where there's two or three problems concurrently or, or consecutively, and all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, I'm going to be the one shot for delivering the message. We're mm-hmm. only the messenger. Totally. We haven't created. We haven't. You know, it wasn't it wasn't us that uh, sort of flooded the property and, and, and burst the hot water service. You know, mm-hmm. We we didn't stop the air conditioner working. It wasn't our fault that the oven door decided it was going to fall off. All those sorts of things. We're purely there to be the 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 channel of communication. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's that's where I think that's one of the things that we think we we, we should really take the pressure off ourselves when these things happen because. Yeah, you know, we've just got to look at it, and and this is something that I was I was sort of had drilled into me a while ago as well. You know, what's the problem? Oh, the problem is I, I feel like no, no. no what's the problem? Well, the problem is that the the heat is not working and the air conditioner is gone as well. So okay, so there's some repairs that need doing. That's the problem. Let's not personalise it. Let's right. get away from that. Let's 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 move away from this whole thing of going. It's it's our doing because it's not, and the owner's not going to see it as our doing. It's the same, and another good one, particularly at the moment, the way things are going with increases in rents, uh, it, it's not our doing that rents are increasing. So, you know, it's it's, it's a market force. Mm. So we we can't, it's not for us to justify to the tenants, well, you know, look, the, the tenant's going to get upset, yes, but or renter, all we're doing again is we're delivering a piece of news. Exactly. We, we don't necessarily like it, but... This is the situation and this is the way it is. We can be empathetic about it, but we don't have to take the problem on. We don't have to own the reactions either. Exactly, exactly. That's the shift in mindset about, you know, growing our team and anyone who's getting into the industry is ultimately exactly that. What you're saying there is, you know, don't take ownership of the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we can provide advice to how we can resolve the problem. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what we're, we're we're there to do. We're trained to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it is that owner's responsibility to uh, take that on. That's right. Yeah. So we don't take ownership of the problem, but we take responsibility for providing solutions or providing options that lead to a solution. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's 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 what we need to be. We need to be, and it's it's it's, it's an old line. We need to be the problem solver, a professional yeah. problem solver. Exactly. Because we're, we're here. Yeah, we're here to provide those solutions. And if it if it turns out that you know, the, the 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 solutions that we have don't land particularly well because there's there's costs involved and what have you, once again, it's not our responsibility to take on or to try to justify that because they're not our costs. Um, it's it's purely a cost of, as you said before, having an investment property, which is a risk. And I think you and I both own investment properties and have done for some while. We understand that there are risks. Mm. You know, there can be repairs, there can be arrears, there can be vacancies. There are other costs that come in and, and will continue to come in on a, on a regular basis. They're all part of the cost of it. The reward is that we see the property creating a return for us and also increasing in capital value. So that's, exactly. that's that's the balancing to it. But just, I mean, look, we've got a couple of minutes left, but I just want to touch very quickly on on on, on solutions internally for you. We, we've all been through a tough three years. It's the, I don't think anyone can say, oh, it's been a bit of roses because it really hasn't. Um, when do you when do you get into those flat spots as we all do? I, I've got to say, sort of my interactions with you in probably show that you're one of the few people that doesn't get many flat spots. Like I said in the, in the intro, I've never seen you without a smile on your face. Uh, but we all have them, and sometimes we just don't show them you know, to, to the rest of the world. Where do you go to find some inspiration or to find that lift when you when you get into that flat spot? And don't you dare say Mount Buller. Okay, I'll stop that right now. <laughs> if it wasn't Mount Buller, I think many people would probably say drink, but yeah. I actually very rarely drink, so I can't even say that. Um, mm-hmm. Much to the surprise of um, of many people, I um, my my biggest outlet um, in terms of, I suppose, going back to what you're saying before about um, you know those flat spots and and those those challenging kind of conversations. There is that. I could be having a really tough day and everyone has those kind of tough days, but I never want to let the people know around me that I'm having a tough day from my team perspective. Um, If I'm having a tough day, I'll go and speak to my general manager or I'll go speak to our managing director, Ron, and and have those conversations with them um, as my kind of outlet. But I'll never kind of have a let the team know or that I'm having a rough day, whether that's right or wrong. Um, I just feel as though as a leader of that particular team, I want to make sure that if they're looking up to me, that I've got that kind of positive, upbeat attitude. Um, and if I've got worries or troubles, and I try and leave that at the door. Um, mm-hmm. But even just simple things, you know, during the day, I'll go for a walk every day um, during the day. Um, so at lunchtime, I'll walk down to the supermarket um, and um, and buy my lunch. Um, and that will take me, you know, a good part of 20 minutes just to simply get out of the office, just to clear my head um, so I come back in refreshed as opposed to being, um, you know, a slave to my... Everyone's everyone's busy, everyone's got things on the go, but it's a matter of prioritising tasks. What, what might seem as urgent to you isn't... At the end of the day, we're not performing brain surgery, right? So 
everything can wait. And people might think it, it can't wait, it's super urgent, the world's going to fall apart. If the world's going to fall apart, they would be in a hospital ward or they would be, you know, elsewhere. They wouldn't be at the real estate agent's office, right? So, right. Um, yeah, so in terms of getting back to your original question, I've gone on a, a bit of a rant there, is, is, is simply um, I'm big on health and fitness and exercise. So that gives me a, a huge outlet in that kind of um, frame. But also when I'm having those difficult situations, I do like to, to debrief um, yep. and I'll go to select members of our of our management team to have those conversations with them. Because if I sort of go and do that around the office, that's telling my team that it's it's okay to, to, to let off. And I'll let my, the team come to me and let, let off team their steam to me um, yep. as opposed to doing it in a, you know, in an open forum kind of environment and people slamming files down. We just don't have a kind of a culture like that at all because it... Yeah, but I think that's... Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's an attitude, I think, that has hopefully gone from a lot of offices or it should have gone from every office by now because that if you don't have that emotional regulation, it's mm-hmm. going to be very difficult for you to communicate properly to the next client you speak to. Totally. totally. So you've got to be able to regulate yourself internally. And I think, and I think everybody I've spoken to, and this series now has been going for well, this is season two, so we've been going four or five months now. Um, everybody I've spoken to has sort of really touched on that as being the important part. That, that it's important that you have those people around you, those trusted people that you can reflect onto and 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 have conversations with about you know how do I lift myself out of this? What's the solution to this? Where you've got those, those sort of almost those sort of mentorship relationships but also having a community around you of, of like-minded people whether it's family whether it's professional whether it's out with a bunch of mates whatever it is mm. so that we we don't feel like we're we're isolated in in whatever we're um what whatever we're facing exactly and in, and and in many cases once people just get it off their chest it's like a client who's upset and angry once they get it off their chest and you get that difficult client I let them talk on the phone, get off their chest. And once they're off their chest, you know, nine yep. times ten, that's enough. That's right. Yeah. They just wanted somebody to talk to. Just wanted somebody to, yeah. they wanted to feel heard, wanted to feel as though someone was listening. Exactly. And that's exactly. and that's that's been the big thing. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of our troubleshooting is is done just by doing that, just by listening. Totally. Yeah. Jamie. It's been a delight. We're actually slightly over the time. I, I, as I said to you, I've been a keep saying to my listeners, I, I try to keep this 25 minutes. I fail abjectly every time, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good problem to have. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm going to put you on the spot. One saying or a mantra that you carry with you most of the time. That's a great question. Um, make the invisible visible. Ah. It's quite a, quite a, a simple mm-hmm. one. But from a, an ownership and a renter perspective there, a lot of the, the concerns and, you know, things about from owners and renters when they don't know what's going on or they don't realise how hard you work is because they actually don't know. Mm-hmm. Look at the, the leasing, the process or the renewal process or doing a rent increase or all these things there, they just think you're just doing a quick email or a quick form on a, on a, on a page and that's it when they actually don't know how much work goes on behind the scenes. So for me it's really about trying to make that invisible, mm-hmm. visible to clients yep. so they can understand and appreciate the value that you put into it. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And, and when you can show that value and show the work that's going on behind the scenes, they mm-hmm. start to get a different respect for, for the job and also for the people doing it. Totally. 
Uh, Jamie, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak with us. Um, I look forward to, to catching up with you again soon at another conference and we'll have either a, a wine if you're in the mood for a wine at that stage or a, or a coffee. <laughs> or if all things go to plan, I may well see you on the slopes around either Mount Bull or Mount Hotham sometime over this winter. I was just about to say thanks for having me on, Kirk. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, mate. And uh, I think, folks, that's uh, that's the end of another fabulous influential conversations this time with Jamie Lampard from Ballarat Real Estate. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and providing a total property care solution. Inspection Express the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.